Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Go Global podcast series, the show that addresses the importance of think globally and act locally. I'm your host, Ellen Wang from Leeds University Business School. Today, I'm going to be discussing globalization with Adam, who's one of our alumni graduated from School of Politics and International Studies. I'm hoping to be able to draw some key messages based on Adam's story and to receive some top tips on the current challenges that our students are facing. Hi, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Ellen, how are you doing? Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Great, thank you so much, Adam. It's a pleasure. So I think a good place to start our podcast today, Adam, is for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey, and where you ended up in Japan out of all places, please. <laughs> Thanks, Ellen. So yeah, my name's Adam Kassab. Um, I've been living and working in Japan for almost 20 years now. Um, as you said, I'm a Leeds graduate, uh, Politics of International Resources and Development Studies. And um, I currently work at a global medical device company, a Japanese global, global, global medical device company. Um, and my main area is looking at organization change, supporting innovation, uh, supporting leadership development, and also helping the company globalize so that it's actually an easier place uh, for non-Japanese people to come and live and work here. And I also, as well as, you know, uh, being a Leeds graduate, I also have a doctorate from, in storytelling um, from Hitotsubashi University in Japan, which is one of the top national universities. Thank you for sharing um, all that information, Adam. I think there are a few key words that I picked up that your expertise areas in organizational changing and leadership development, but most importantly yeah. is the globalization that yeah. I picked up. So I think one of the things that we're talking about today is a globalization. So I was yeah. wondering that having lived and worked in Japan for so many years, what are your thoughts on the term of globalization, please? Was it a term that you were aware of before you left the university or something that you became aware of afterwards? Yeah, thanks, Ellen. So I think this is something I just sort of learned through experience, right, and making lots of mistakes and, you know, just on my journey um, working internationally. Um, <clears throat> and the way I come at that, I mean, the way I think about it today, globalization, I mean, it's a great word. Um, the way I think about it, maybe it's kind of on three levels. So first, you can think of um, kind of internationally, right? So thinking from a you know global and local, thinking a kind of international global perspective. So for example, um, you know a great leader needs to be very much aware of what's happening in Asia, what are the trends in the U.S., you know um, what's happening in Europe, what what are the kind of uh, impacts of new technology, um, you know the, those type of kind of global trends, right? To have a good sense of that, but then the the trick is when it comes to the local part, you need to be able to sift through all that massive. I mean, there's just so much happening, right? So much information, but you need to be able to, to sift through that and think what is significant out of all of this? What are the implications to the company where I'm working? And based on that, you know, what actions should be I what, what actions should I be taking? And also then comes the leadership part of you know, raising awareness, influencing, and actually making the change happen within your organization. So on that level, it's thinking of the world as a big kind of global, uh, you know, dynamic system. And then 
having a good sense of what's happening at that level and then bringing that to bear on the company you're, you're working at. So that's the kind of first level. Same level, second level down, which is kind of similar. Within your own organization, you can think of the global level, right? So that's the, maybe the, the leadership group or the board members, right? They're thinking the whole company globally and strategically from that sort of balanced viewpoint, right? And then so having a good understanding of that is really key. And then again, bringing that down to your individual business unit, your function, your job, understanding what's relevant from that to you and you know what actions again what actions you can take uh, and then having the leadership to make the changes so you can actually support what they're doing as well on their level so that's a kind of another one step down but it's the sort of same sort of thing but within the company right so not just being stuck within your own function or business unit but having a good understanding a good network across the whole company right that's that's second level and third level is i mean i i thinking i mean i call this like a working style right so i wouldn't say there's a global way of working and a local way of working but what i would say is there are different ways of working and depending on what you're trying to achieve it's good to you know a good leader would make the right sort of choice so let me just give you an example right so japan is a very high context group orientated kind of consensus driven culture and so if you're trying to implement change or, you know, starting a new initiative or something like that, then you need to have a lot of, you know, the socialization process is really important. You need to have a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions. People need to air their views and concerns and things go back and forth and back and forth. And for outsiders, it can seem like a crazy process that just takes a lot of time. But once it's once you've been through the process, then the change happens really quickly. So that's the kind of so that sort of approach working locally in Japan would make sense, right? But if you take that approach and try and work internationally, it's 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 not going to work, right? So internationally, you need to be much more uh, when you're working with people from different countries. You need to be much more kind of low context, which means you have to be very clear about everything. What are the objectives? you know, how are decisions made, who's responsible for what, what are the roles, what are the milestones, and then also delegate more so that there's more flexibility so people can kind of take into account their individual countries or the, the, the idiosyncrasies of where they're working. So that's a kind of another level of, I don't know, yeah, like I said, it's kind of choosing the right approach depending on the country or the situation where you're working. So that's kind of it. And sorry, can I just ask you, you, you kind of said at the beginning, jumping back, how did you end up in Japan? And a lot of people, I mean, 20, almost 20, I think you've been in England a long time as well, right? Yes, I have. Yes, I've been <laughs> here. This is my 24th year. <laughs> okay. So, you know, in Japan, there's the senpai. You're my senior, right? You're my senpai. Oh, no, so. no. I, I think it's, <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> So, so, so tell us, how did you end up yeah. in Japan then? So, you know, I mean, one of the great things about Leeds is there's just so many international students there. And, you know, being me, very curious type of person, I, I kind of spent a lot, I hung out a lot with people from all around the world. And for some reason, I just clicked with the, there was that kind of around 40 or 50 Japanese students there. And I just clicked and fell in with this group and just had great fun, right? So there was a kind of cultural fit, I think, between... Japan and me, right? So, and one of them invited me out here 
for kind of end of year, new year, and I had a great time. And that was that. And then, you know, quite a few years later, I was actually looking to buy a house in London. This estate agent was showing me around the house and my phone rang. And, um, you know, it was this headhunter. I wasn't going to answer it because it was like this number. I didn't recognize the number. But anyway, I just answered it. And it was one of those old Nokia phones, maybe this kind of small one before the smartphones right and, oh right yes <laughs> yeah and anyway and then he said oh this Japanese company's in London next month they want to interview they're looking for someone like you and uh, are you interested and I'm like mm, okay <laughs> and so I had this interview and he basically said said to me um, when can you start how much money do you want and it was like oh <laughs> so that kind of got me out here and uh, one thing led to another and now it's sort of yeah almost 20 years um and maybe I can come back to that again. Yeah. Is this, yeah. Thank you, Adam. I mean, I stayed quiet for a good few minutes. That's because I'm running out of space taking notes of what you said. So you raised okay. so many good points. Um, and I just didn't think, you know, I needed to interject. But, uh, you know, overall, I think I made a note on a few really important points that you've raised. And one of the things yeah. about leadership, you know, being a, what is a good leadership that you talked about having a broad perspective, but also a good leader is being able to filter on the local level. I think that's a really, really good perspective yeah. that you shared there. And then also is the balance between having a global perspective, but also bring it down to personal level to resonate. And once people can resonate on the individual level, they'll be able to do it more effectively and more, uh, you know, efficiently. So that's the second point that I picked up. And then obviously there are other things that you talked about working in style and also the culture fit as well. And I think that's not just within a cross-cultural um, perspective but also from kind of um, within the organization as well and that's something that our students perhaps not really uh, have been aware of before and that's something it's almost a soft skill that the students need to you know learn and perhaps through experience um, and going forward so speaking of of you know soft skills one of the things i wanted to say is that you know given current pandemic situation which resulted in lack of international mobility um what do you think our students can develop a global mindset but to act locally i, I think you've touched a little bit from a kind of leadership yeah. perspective but is there anything that our students can do to prepare themselves as, as a graduate yeah great question ellen and um, you you know, before I answer that, I mean, you're absolutely right about different cultures within the company. <clears throat> so, for example, you know, um, if I go to one of our factories, right, the manufacturing plant, very, very different mindset and culture to, for example, the R&D center. Sure. And again, very, very different to one of the, you know, the support functions. So, so having that sensitivity and adapting to, you know, the different kind of cultures within the organization is also really important yeah so how to develop a global mindset now I, I think there's good news and bad news here because I think the bad news is I think you know a lot of the research suggests that this is something that you need to have a lot of kind of early experiences right with kind of um, international exposure at a kind of at a young age seems to be quite important but having said that um, where I'm working now, some of our uh, very successful managers, um, literally their first overseas assignment was, you know, they were in their 40s or 50s. 
and they they did you know incredibly well and even with very limited english ability so it's not um it's not kind of decisive it's not like uh, um you know you can learn and develop and adapt and grow and i mean it's difficult to answer but i think curiosity is is one of the most important things right just to be very curious and open so you know and trying to understand why every things can be very you know if if you ever visit tokyo it looks like any modern western kind of developed city so on the outside it, it looks just kind of normal but the human relations the, the mindset how people think and act and it's totally different so it can act it can actually be quite a shock because it looks really normal but the more you stay here the more you realize that it's actually a very very different place to, to kind of to be and people sure. really think different so that's so being flexible and open and and i think one of maybe really important thing is don't assume anything <laughs> so make sure you know you may think you understand something you may even be using the same English word, for example, but they may be using it in a very different way. They may have a very different understanding to how you're using the word or the concept. So it's always important, ask and clarify, ask and, and you know, don't feel shy or embarrassed or stupid to do that. One big challenge is learning how to read people. You know, I grew up in, say, grew up in London. So you meet someone new in London for the first time. I have a kind of sense, who is this person? what's what what type are they you know their background i kind of have a sense right should i take their opinion into account or should i just kind of ignore them that that kind of sense of um who someone is in your own countries we kind of naturally develop that over time right when you go to a new country working globally right or it's so difficult to read someone sure you know, can i trust this person are they talking rubbish or you know should i take them seriously or you know it's so difficult to get that sense and so i think just you just have to be very careful in the beginning and make a special effort for example just ask other people about so and so you know that whereas in your own country maybe you, you kind of get that sense anyway so that's something and it just takes time and i think the other thing maybe this is the uh well maybe the most important thing working with this kind of globalization right is knowing developing a sense of when do you accept something as it is and when do you think no wait a minute there's a better way to do this i'm going to challenge it i'm going to push forward so learning to tell the difference between you know okay i come from a I come, i'm an outsider i have a different perspective there's a much way a much better way of doing things than this I'm going to push and challenge. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to lead through them through this process. Then you can really bring some value, right? But then sometimes you just have to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, this is how things are done now. It's, it's not the right time. It's too early. I'm not the right person. I have to accept this as it is and work with it or work around it. And learning to tell the difference is is a real key i think to being successful and you know a lot of people i i see make mistakes because they push like a bull trying to change something when actually you a much better approach would have been to accept it and work work with it rather so learning to that that difference i think is really really key and i don't think there's any quick answer how to it's just 
kind of experience, practice, experience from practice. Of course. I think yeah. you've given us enough insight here <laughs> and a very interesting perspective. But once again, I'm madly taking notes here. I, don't, I think I'm just running out of space on, on my notes book. But yeah, I, you know, once again, you've talked about some really key words that things about being flexible and you know that's one of the things that really we all need to be flexible you know we can't really be restrained into one framework or one way of working and I think that's really important curiosity I think you know people say curiosity kill cats but I, you know I, I think the opposite I really think curiosity is very important it's it's a drive for people to pursue you know it's a drive for people to yeah. to um, learn more things and being open and never to assume things and to also challenge at the right time to the right people so you know I've, I've taken all of that in and I think that is really um a good way to build the foundation for global mindset so thank you so much for, for you know oh, for sharing pleasure. that another thing about how to build trust right building trust i think that's especially in a you know um you know some cultures are low risk and some cultures are high risk right so low sure. uh, high, uh, low risk cultures you need to spend a lot of time building trust and um you know, say, for example, I don't know, Vietnam, they're, they're much, they, they actually like risk, right? And rather than talking and talking and talking to prepare before they act, it's like, well, let's just start and see what happens. And then we can Got decide it. on the go kind of. So, but other cultures, very low risk, they, they hate risk. So you really need to build trust. And this takes time. And, you know, it's about having small successes. It's about, you know, don't surprise anyone, no surprises. So everyone can see what's coming. Uh, you, you say what you're going to do, you do it. So there's, there's, there's a connection between what you say and your know, actions and your words. And, you know, you, you're there for everyone. You, you, you're kind of a team player. You show you're committed. That that's, can take time. And a country like Japan, um, it can take three, four, five years to actually build that trust. And, but once you have it, it's com it's a mess. So where I'm working now, I've been here for around eight years. And the first three, four years, it was like bit by bit, small little steps and yeah. building my tr building trust. Building. Now I have really, really good trust. I've got a, a good reputation internally. And it's amazing what, you know, um, what, what I can do now that I couldn't do before. So building trust is also really key. Absolutely. And I think you raised a really important point there in terms of the length of time to build yeah. that trust can really differ and vary from one country to another. So I think it's yeah. really important for our students to be aware of that and being able to accept that you know the length of time can take a very long yes. or short depending on which country and you know which culture they're in right absolutely yeah that's a really key point so yeah great great so one of the things I want to pick up, Adam, is the things that you mentioned um, very early on in our conversation that you've um, uh, attained PhD in storytelling and personal branding. Yeah. So one of the things that I just wanted to ask um, is, is in my previous episode, I've interviewed several students representative. And one of the things mm. that they've shared with me is about the challenge on building personal branding, how to tell their stories in order to secure graduate jobs. So just on that topic, I'd love to, yeah. uh, you know, hear your insight and your advice on how do you think our students can build on personal branding um, and, you know, how to enhance their storytelling in order to secure jobs, please. 
Um, I mean, you mentioned, yeah, I have a doctorate from Hitotsubashi, which is a very well, you know, it's one of the top national universities here. So that, I mean, part of the reason I did that, I mean, I love studying, that's one thing, but part of the reason I did that was for personal branding, right? If I say, hey, my name's Adam, you know, Leeds University, maybe some people have heard of Leeds University, but Princess uh, Kako, was it? Sure, yes. She yeah. went there from Japan. So whenever she I talk did. about Le whenever I talk about Leeds University, a, a lot of people maybe they haven't heard of it. So I say, do you know Princess Kako? And I think she studied psychology there, or for one year. So I mentioned that kind of thing, and um, that helps with the branding, right? So associating yourself with something that, in the culture you're working in, they can reference, right? So for me, Hitotsubashi is like, wow, you got a PhD from Hitotsubashi. Wow, that's, that's kind of, Hitotsubashi is kind of like Harvard. So that's personal branding. But you have to do it with something that wherever you're working, they can connect to, right? So again, Leeds, some people know it's not, not so well known in Japan. Like even people always say to me, where is Leeds, you know, in England? So I have to show them on a map. That's one thing. But I mean, two things I would just say about personal branding is, I mean, maybe the most important thing is about knowing yourself, right? Knowing who you are, you know, for example, what do you like? You know, what type of people do you like working with? What, when do you feel like really excited, fired up and motivated? What type of work are you doing? Who are the people that you love to work with? And who are the people you admire? And also really important is what do you have to offer? What is your skill set? What, you know, um, what, what are the weapons you have that if someone says, hey, come and work with us, they think, okay, now Adam's joined our team. Now we can do this, this and this and this, whereas before we couldn't. So what sure. is that? What are you bringing that people can benefit from? So getting all that clear in your mind, um, I think, is really, really important. So understanding yourself, who you are, the type of work you want to do, the type of people you love working with, and what is it, what's your weapon, what can you offer? That is so clear. Once you have that clear, then it's just about communicating it to other people, right? So once people know who you are and how you can help them, then it's so much easier to work together, right? So that's the kind of, that's the personal branding part. Great. Really, really important, yeah. Yeah, that's really good tips. And I think the most important thing I picked up there is you're saying association to your connections to your local culture, right? And I think that's really, really important is being able to understand, um, you know, your local, local knowledge, but to make that association to your audience, uh, you know, exactly. and, and that, that's exactly the storytelling part, right? Exactly. Put it in, in, in words or a context that they can understand exactly. Great. Um, so you talked about the skills and, you know, you talk about as a part of your personal uh, branding or storytelling, you got to know yeah. who you are and your skills and etc. So one of the things that I wanted to um, perhaps ask or address is that obviously universities have been under pressure to better prepare the students for the real world. So employability skills is, is you know, almost as uh, important as the subject matters. So I wanted to ask, in your opinion, what do you think are the main skills that our graduates should, should develop to prepare themselves? Yeah, another, you, you're asking really good questions, Evan. So. <laughs> I try, Adam, I try. <laughs> I mean, I would say the way I look at this is, First of all, there are skills that you need to be successful in your own country, your own culture, where you know where you grew up, where, where you are now, kind of thing. 
And they're the sort of basic business skills. So, you know, communication skills, logical thinking, you know, how to use Excel, how to get on with everyone, or whatever it could be, marketing know-how, whatever the, the, the kind of core basic business skills that everyone needs within your own country to be successful. Because if you, if you start an international assignment or trying to work globally and you, you haven't, that, haven't developed that foundation, you're going to struggle, right? It's going to be difficult. So that needs to be, that, that's the kind of a must-have. Um, then on top of that, when, when the global picture comes in, so you need extra things. So obviously language skills help. Um, the kind of cross-cultural awareness and understanding becomes really important. And then maybe the most important is global perspective or being able to put yourself in different people's shoes. So being able to take and understand and think from different perspectives. I think that's so first part is the skills you need in your own country to be successful. And then on top of those, these sort of the global skills. And then I think, you know, again, underneath all that um, is to have a strong sense of, again, who you are, what are your values, what are your what's what are your ambitions, what are your aims, because you have to stay true to yourself, right? you have to stay true to who you are. Otherwise, it's it's like being a you know a sailing a sailing boat without a um, a rudder, whatever. You're just going to be floating around. You have you have to stay true to who you are. Does that sort of answer your question? It does. It does. And once again, I think there are so many key points there, and I'm just I I literally I have to change my notebook to, <laughs> <laughs> to okay. a new one. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Adam. I think you shared so much really interesting perspective from you know global mindset perspective but also um you know the point on some basic skills that our students should be able to acquire during their study with us but in addition to that there are some unique skills that they need to be able to you know acquire in terms yeah. of cross-cultural competencies global perspective but also being able to do that role play to think from you know other perspective um yeah. think from other in other people's shoes um but also exactly. stay true to yourself as well and i love That's really that key. but i think a really interesting way to think about your own career and developing skills is the, the letter t so you have say a capital letter t across the top it's kind of broad right so i think i would say between 20s and 30s to get as, as much varied experience as possible across the top right so then you develop the t at the top and then the leg going down forming the t shape um, that would be over time, bit by bit, develop your speciality or some kind of focus. Um, that was kind of traditionally the best way to, to set your career going. Um, so you have a breadth and some kind of depth of knowledge as well. But I think in today's world, that's, that's not enough. So you almost, you almost need two legs on the T. So like more like a pie shaped, right? Like right. two pie eyes, the circumference of a circle, right? That pie. So across again, having a good broad range of experience, but then not just one, two, even three legs coming down. And that is, you, you're gonna be so unique and in hot demand. So my personal example, so, okay, I've worked in, you know, American multinational companies, big Japanese companies, manufacturers, consulting companies, so broad range of experience, worked in London, worked in Japan and so on. And so that's across the top. Now going down, okay, I speak Japanese, uh, kind of Japan experience. So that's one part of the T coming down. I'm, I have a good knowledge now of medical device company, medical industry, medical business, sure. which is again, another T coming down. And then maybe the third part is 
um, you know, leadership, organization change, organization development background. So I kind of got these three pillars coming down. I'm not the world's best Japanese speaker. I'm not the world's best person when it comes to organization change and development and leadership. I'm not the world's expert on medical device industry, but I got a good understanding of all three. So together, it's such a unique combination. And so very few sort of competitors or very few people have that talent stack or skill set. Absolutely. I think I just having listened to your stories and I was trying to draw um, you know, your, your, your described T-shape and I made it out to be a bridge, basically, um, with a, uh, a very long uh, <laughs> a, a breath on top and then so many legs underneath. So it looks like a bridge. But I think you've been very modest, um, Adam. I think, you know, you've shared so many insight and, and it's very inspirational to listen to your journey to your insight and to your story as well to, to become uh, you know the person that you are today and where you are today as well so I think that is a, a really good point to draw a conclusion so I just wanted to say thank you so much Adam for joining us and sharing all of the insight and so it's been an absolute pleasure and we would love to invite you back soon you're so you're too kind and thanks I've really enjoyed this and you've been great asking such wonderful questions really made me think so i've learned a lot as well talking to you so thanks so much thank you adam good luck good luck to all the leeds grads and uh you know i i'm sure you have a very exciting bright future thank you very much thank you um so i think this is the end of our episode today with so many things to take away and remember if you're a leader or if you're thinking to be a leader in the future then international perspective um it's very important but to be able to filter on that personal level and there are so many more about balance between global perspective and personal perspective and to resonate and Adam shared his insight on storytelling and stay true to yourself. There's so many takeaways, points that are probably, uh, you know, we haven't got enough time to go back to. But on that note, I wanted to say that over the next several episodes, I will continue to invite more guests to join me and share their experiences in tackling current challenges and their thoughts on go global. I want to continue to raise the awareness and the importance of think globally and act locally. So if you're interested in finding more about this topic, please subscribe to our podcast series. Or if you would like to get in touch, our contact details available in the episode description. Until then, that's go global.